Hey friends, welcome back. Today I want to talk with you about just what I do as far as a food rotation or basically a food routine for helping my children who have food aversions to try new foods and just the way that I essentially try to streamline the fact that I am constantly trying to get my children to try new foods. So I'm wanting to introduce them to new foods. I'm not doing this in a way of pressuring them. However, it's a, a basically a routine that I have created for myself in order to streamline this process of knowing that, hey, I am offering my children new foods on a consistent basis, but I'm also not showing up to dinner time stressed out about, oh my goodness, what new thing am I trying? Are we going to try this? What have we done this before? It just kind of creates essentially a process that takes a lot of the thought out of it, but still helps me to be very intentional with offering them new foods. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast. This podcast is for moms who are parenting differently able children. Maybe you desire to switch to a more natural lifestyle to improve your family's health, but you have no idea where to start. You're longing for more routines and time, but every time you try to implement those tips that you've spent hours researching, you realize that they don't work for your family dynamics. Hi, I'm Ashley. In this podcast, we will focus on implementing routines, switching to a more natural lifestyle, and uprooting those old mindsets that are keeping you stuck so that you can plant yourself firmly in the truth that Jesus offers you. Our focus will be on creating small, customizable changes that will build upon one another over time to create real impact in your life. If you want to hear from a mama who has been raising several children with special needs and who knows how important it is to do this in a way that's sustainable and that doesn't add to your overwhelm, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in those earbuds, reheat that coffee for the third time, and let's go. Okay, so this is going to be pretty short and honestly pretty streamlined because there's not a whole lot to it, but I do want to share this with you because I know that my experience has been that a lot of times I had a desire to help my children who have food aversions to possibly be open eventually to trying new foods, but then I would just get kind of overwhelmed in the details of it, of you know, feeling frustrated that I would make something, spend a bunch of time making something, and then they wouldn't try it. And then it ended up going bad and I felt like I'd wasted it or feeling like, you know, I didn't know what to try for them, like what type of thing to give them at each meal just created a lot of stress and a lot of um, overwhelm and anxiety about it because I felt like if I wasn't consistently offering them something, help, trying to help them to broaden the types of foods that they would eat, then I often would feel like I was failing and that would just honestly create a lot of guilt as well. And so I just had to figure out some kind of routine that I could stick to pretty consistently that would take away that overwhelm and that feeling like I just could not keep up and do it consistently. So what I do typically is I will list out different categories of foods that I want to be offering them new things from. So for instance, like fruit, vegetables, some kind of protein, and then maybe even snacks. And I do typically try to make the majority of our stuff just we have a lot of food allergies and food sensitivities. And then also, I don't know if you have any experience with that, you know, how expensive that can be if you are buying pre made stuff. But when you're just trying to juggle a, a lot of different food sensitivities, it can be hard to just buy stuff from the store. So I do try to make things. And so I do like to try also branching out in the area of snacks just because I enjoy trying new things. And I do want them to be able to kind of open up their palate a little bit 
to different various snacks that might be something that we could quickly grab that I can throw in some hidden nutrition in with like chia seeds or vegetable powder or something like that. So I would just pick those categories, whatever it is for you. You know, like I said, I listed my four and I will have those four different categories. And then what I do is I kind of rotate them. I, you can decide what you want to do, but I tend to buy groceries Usually I have like, I shop for groceries, like a big grocery shopping trip at the beginning of the month and then kind of a smaller one halfway through the month. And so what I will do is I'll buy enough essentially for two weeks at a time. So in that two week period, I might pick one food from two different categories. So I might pick like one fruit and one protein. And what I'm going to do is I'm only going to focus on that one fruit and that one protein until I go to the grocery store again. Or you could even do if it's if you're going every week, you could still do every two weeks. And so when I'm going to the grocery store, I'm just buying enough of the one fruit and the one protein that I will be able to use for those two weeks. So whenever mealtimes come, I'm not having to think about what do we have in the pantry and in the refrigerator and what is it that I want to try this time. I just know, okay, for this, for the next coming weeks, two weeks, I will be offering them pears or whatever the thing may be. And then I just stick with that. I don't have to think about it. It just kind of streamlines it. But it's also giving them the opportunity to try new foods. And then what I would do when those two weeks are up, I will just go down the list. So I did a fruit and a protein before. Then I might try a veggie and a snack for the next couple of weeks. And I just kind of switch it out, rotate it out. It's something that requires very little thought other than just deciding what I want to try. I do want to make a note that I don't force my children to eat food. Uh, My children, several of them have sensory processing disorder and I do not, I just choose not to force them to eat things. Um, I want them to have a good experience and a good relationship with food and it's very important to me that when they try things, they try them on their own terms and that I am being sensitive to the fact that they may be having something going on as far as like they may be having some kind of sensory response to a food and it's not just that they don't like it or that they're being difficult. And so I want to be respectful of that as well. That is just my personal take on it. Um, But I did want to share that kind of going into it. And there are obviously people who are experts in this area and you are welcome to go dig into this. It's something I've done in the past and is also the reason why I landed on that decision just after reading various people who are feeding specialists and things like that and realizing that that was the path that I wanted to take for my children. So I will just do that. And then I also try to pay attention because especially if you have a child who has sensory processing disorder and they have different reactions and responses to textures Um, that can be very hard if you're trying to introduce a new texture that they don't actually like. So one thing that I have found to be helpful is building off of the new foods that we want to try, building off of textures that they already enjoy. So I have a child who really likes crunchy textures. So I'm more prone to look for a new food that would still give that same crunch because I know that that increases the likelihood that that child will try that food because I'm not giving them a new food and then also giving them a texture of a food that they might have issues with. I just feel like that can be creating a little bit too much of a hurdle to overcome 
And I want to try to make it as likely as possible that they will be open to trying this new food. Another thing that I love to do is I will let them play with the food. The reason why is because that helps them to become familiar with it. It helps them to feel comfortable with it. It's no longer foreign and scary. So if the you know I give it to them, it's on their plate and they play with it a little bit, I actually consider that a win because I'm like, they're at least engaging with this food now. They've experienced it. It's familiar now. It's not something new and scary. And it's just helping them to become more comfortable with it. So that is something that I also do. And then I always follow the rule. I don't offer them only things that are new or things that they may not have enjoyed in the past. I always have several things on their plate that are things that I know that they love, that they are comfortable eating and that they enjoy eating. So I typically will stick to, and that's why I do this rotation, like one new food on their plate. So if at dinner I'm trying a new protein, I'm not most likely going to be trying the new fruit as well. I probably tried the new fruit earlier in the day at lunch or something like that. I just try to keep it pretty simple, but then also not overwhelming to them. Because the reality is, is that I want to do what I can to increase the chances of them feeling safe and comfortable with it and them actually being willing to try. And if they, I don't force them to take bites. If they want to put it towards their mouth and they don't ever take a bite of it, I still consider that a win. If they, after putting it towards their mouth, maybe the next time they lick it, I also consider that a win. It's just, they they are becoming comfortable with this food. They are experiencing the food. They feel safe enough in this environment that they feel like, okay, this is new and it's okay for me to try it. And that's what I want for them. So those are just some some kind of some guidelines that I have followed, honestly, for years in the area of just trying new foods with my kids. And I will say, my kids still have a lot of food aversions, and that is okay. The goal for me is not that, like, oh, I have to have them trying so many new foods, and now we've they're eating so many new foods a year. That is not the goal. I don't have a number in mind. I don't have a success metric in mind. My goal is to allow my kids to have a good and healthy relationship with food in an environment where they feel safe, and then for me to offer them new foods that they can try. And then we just go at their own pace. Another tip that I have found to be very useful is just also finding ways to make the food fun and interesting. So you can use different cookie cutters to cut different foods into shapes, fun shapes. Like we do stars and, you know, we have like a little dog bone and we will just do fun shapes for our stuff. And also we have like a natural food dye. There are these different powders So coloring food, that can be a really great way. And then I've also seen some of those little like animal toothpicks that can be a great tool to use for your kids as well with like finger type foods. And you just let them use those little animal toothpicks to pick them up and eat them that way versus eating with like a fork. And I have just found that if I can find a way to make it fun and interesting, it kind of piques their attention and they tend to be a lot more open to actually trying the things. And again, like I said, maybe even at the start, they're just playing with it and engaged with it. But eventually they might be open to actually trying it whenever I try to find a way to make it interesting and fun. And honestly, it just provides good memories. Like, oh, remember when mom, you know, colored our pancakes or whatever. It's just a fun little thing that we can do um, just to create some light lightheartedness around the dinner table. The other thing that I have found is that... 
if I can limit the amount of junk food, essentially, that I have in my house, like fruit snacks, things like that, and I make sure that I am offering them like a more of a whole food alternative that I know that they like, that tends to help with the area of them just being willing to try new things. And then also with me knowing that they're getting enough nutrition because they're not filling up on fruit snacks or something like that. They're actually eating a banana instead of the fruit snack. So I have found, and I do think that this can take time. It actually has, you know, I had kids who loved fruit snacks. That's why I'm using that example. And then they also had some things that, different snack foods that they loved, but they were eating too much of them, like fruit bars. And so one by one, I just eliminated those things. And then I made sure in its place, I had something else that they could eat that I knew that they liked, but it was a lot more healthy. Or, you know, I maybe I could try to make, and I have done this before, where I actually made the fruit bars myself with like a jelly and made it gluten-free because that's something that we need. And I just found that that would be an alternative that I could use instead of giving them the pre-made fruit bar that has all the preservatives and the chemicals and that type of stuff in it. Plus, a lot of times those really aren't nutrient dense. And so when my kids are choosing to eat, I would really prefer to give them something that's going to be nourishing to their bodies. And I have just found if I can do that in small steps where I'm replacing stuff little by little, we just tend to get more nutrients and calorie, like healthy calories in them that way. So that is basically what I do in the area of just trying to help my children with trying new foods, but then also for me so that I'm not getting that, again, it kind of ties into that not creating decision fatigue that I've talked about before. I actually think I talked about that, the decision fatigue and some ways to avoid that in podcast episode number 20. And this is on top of those eight ways that I mentioned. I honestly might have mentioned something briefly about this in there as well. But this is one of those ways that I have just kind of created this system in order to create to eliminate decision fatigue around this area of how do I get my children exposed to new foods and how do I help them to feel most comfortable in being willing to try these new foods. So I hope that this was helpful for you. I would love to hear from you if you have any tips in the area of how you help your children to try new foods, how you help them to feel comfortable with that, to have a healthy relationship with food. And honestly, even if you have just just some different tips and hacks that you use in order to get nutrition in your children's diet. That is going to be all for this episode and I will see you back next week. Hey, before you go, if you found value in today's episode or you learned something new, would you take a minute to share with someone else that you know would be blessed by it? I would also love it if you would leave me a review. This lets me know that you're enjoying the show and I love hearing from you. You can connect with me further over on Facebook or Instagram. Until next time, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constantly in prayer. Romans 12, 12.